What's up, guys? Welcome to another episode of Pursuing Jesus Podcast. My name is Shane Winnings. So pumped to be back with you today. We're talking about love. We've got Valentine's Day coming up. I want to talk to you about love. This is for guys. This is for girls. This is for kids. This is for adults. And uh, I'm going to make it easy to understand, but I totally believe that if we can catch a revelation of what it means to truly love like the Father loves, we'll never be the same. And uh, so guys, come on this journey with me. Learn how to love in this episode. Amen? It's so important. Hey, thanks for listening. I want to I wanna bring you in on something. I cannot get this mic situated. It's like in my way everywhere I go. We had another donor sign up yesterday. I'm so thankful. I need to update this. We now have 18 partners. We need 82 more. So listen, if you want to help us keep spreading this gospel, not just online, this, this is free. Everything I'm doing here is free. But I'm traveling the nation, and I might be going global with uh, a friend um, doing some stuff with YWAM. We've been talking about doing some international stuff. But I have so much planned. If you go to my website, you can see my schedule's updated. It's packed, and that's just through March. Um, and there's some stuff on there that I can't even put yet because it hasn't been finalized. But guys, there's a lot going on. If you want to help us, please consider partnering with us. A dollar a day is what we're asking. $30 a month commitment. We need 82 more people to make this thing happen. I want to hire someone uh, for my nonprofit. I'd love to have a videographer, an editor, someone to even travel with me and get this amazing content, someone to go with me to the mall. I love to go a couple times a week and evangelize, someone to come with me, someone to do the editing. I do all of this myself, and I need help. I'm not raising money for my family. We are set. We're super blessed. We have a great donor team. I'm raising money for Overcomers Incorporated, my nonprofit. We need a ministry budget for travel and to hire someone. So please consider if any of my content has blessed you over the last few years and you have not partnered with us, maybe consider just pulling $30 a month out of your tithe and, and give it to a missionary. Um, or maybe you're not tithing. Maybe you can tithe to us. Or maybe I know people who split their tithe. They give 5% to us, 5 to their church. Just throwing out some practicals. But listen, ultimately, it's going to be God who speaks to you um, if this is time or not. And that's not a guilt trip thing. I say that honestly because there are people who ask us to give and we say no because we've already committed our funds somewhere. But if you haven't committed your funds somewhere, I want to encourage you. There is nothing like uh, blessing and there's many great ministries out there. So if it's not ours, please just give somewhere. Give God back um, what he's given you. Amen? Guys, let's talk about this. Let me just read 1 Corinthians 13. We're going to talk about... Let's just start from verse 1. This is New King James. Though I speak with the tongues of men and of angels, but have not love, I have become sounding brass or a clanging cymbal. I've got some drums right behind that camera you can't see, but if I started banging those cymbals, it wouldn't sound nice. Think about that. Think of what he's saying. I could speak with the tongues of men and the tongues of angels, but with no love, I sound like a clanging cymbal. Verse 2, And though I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, how many mysteries? All. How much knowledge? All. 
And though I have all faith, how much faith? Some faith? Mustard seed faith? No, he says, though I have all faith, so that I could remove mountains but have not love, I am nothing. Uh, a spiritual father of mine over the internet, really. I, I've met him a couple times, but we've never really spent time together. But his his ministry has shaped me hardcore for the last seven years. Dan Muller, he says, this guy that Paul is describing is like the keynote, keynote speaker at the World Conference. This is like Jesus in the flesh. Listen to this. Gift of prophecy, all mysteries, all knowledge, and all faith so that I could remove every mountain. This guy is moving in prophecy. He knows everything. He, he understands every single mystery. He has every bit of knowledge, and he has every last bit of faith to move every mountain. Every miracle is happening. But you don't have love. You are nothing. And though I bestow all of my goods to feed the poor, and though I give my body to be burned, but have not love, it profits me nothing. Guys, you can give away all of your possessions, and you can give your body up to be burned. You can be a martyr in the faith, but if it's not out of love, it is for nothing. Are you catching this? I'm setting the, 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 the stage here before we get into love and how to become love, which is honestly something that's going to take multiple episodes, but we're going to dive into it today. Guys, this is, love is it. And, and we're talking about looking for love and we're trying to find love. No, 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 no. You need to become love. What is love? Here it is, verse 4. Well, it's God. Love is, God is love, but what is God like? What are some characteristics? Well, here they are. Love suffers long and is kind. Love does not envy. Love does not parade itself, is not puffed up, does not behave rudely, seek its own. It's not provoked. It doesn't think evil. It doesn't rejoice in iniquity but rejoices in the truth, bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Let's break this down to make it understandable. Love suffers long in this kind. The Bible says that God's desire is that none shall perish, and for that reason he is long-suffering in the return of his Son. Because when Jesus comes back, how many of you know that's, that's it? That's the end of the age. That's the end of mankind as we know it, and we're going to transition. The earth, everything's going to be destroyed. Those of us who are born again, we're going to go be with him, glorified body, the whole deal. Everyone else is going to be judged, and they're going to be handed over to the wrath of God that is already abiding in them. You see, if you're born without being born again, I'm sorry, if you're born and you never get born again, then you already have wrath stored up against you. It's because of sin. And on judgment day, you will be cast into the lake of fire, which is the second death. It's the final death. You'll be separated from God forever, tormented forever. But mankind is coming to an end one day, and, and something happens when we die. I, don't, I wasn't going to say that, but I just feel like I need to. But while we're on the earth, we have a goal, and it's to become love. That's, that's what we're commanded to do. 
So it says here that love is long-suffering. Can you imagine how long-suffering God must need to be to just not wipe out the whole earth right now? I mean, look at what's happening in the world. We're ripping babies apart limb from limb. There's people who are celebrating that they get to do it. There's people crying because they can't. Abominations left and right. I mean, people telling little kids that they can secretly change their pronouns and names and even their gender, get surgeries, take hormone block. I mean, guys, look at what's happening to humanity. And God is long-suffering. And that's our Father. That's, that's who Jesus paid the price for us to know. We must be long-suffering. Now, how? You, you might say, okay, I need to be long-suffering, but how? I can't just sit and be like, be long-suffering. The way that you become long-suffering is that you recognize that people who do these things, they don't know what they're doing. They're deceived. There are people that think they know what they're doing. There are people that tell kids that they can be another gender, and they do it maliciously. Like they, 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 They're awful people, but they are still deceived. And the problem is when you're deceived, you don't know that you're deceived. The Bible says that the people who killed Jesus, if they had known what they were doing, they never would have done it. Do you think they knew what they were doing? Yeah, I don't think they woke up that day and was like, okay, let's go kill Jesus. Let's see what happens. No way, man. They had a plan. The Roman soldiers were the ones who carried it out. Even though it was handed back over to Caiaphas, the soldiers were the ones who you know, executed the, the, uh, the operation. I mean, there was a guy assigned to make sure they had the, the spikes. There was a guy to make sure they had the cross and what was the route they were going to take. And I mean, this was a military operation being carried out in a sense, you know, or, a, or a, some type of tactical operation in a way. Like people had assignments, I'm willing to bet. Even if it was day of, they were given instructions. They knew what they were doing. They did it on purpose. And the Bible says, had they known what they were doing, they never would have done it. They were deceived. And when you're deceived, you don't know you're deceived. So when we talk about becoming love, you look at a generation. You look at a planet, at humanity, who is doing all these evil things, and you recognize, oh my gosh, these people are so deceived. They have no idea what they're doing. This is how Jesus could hang on a cross and say, forgive them, God. They don't know what they're doing. I mean, he said this. How could he say it? Because the Bible says, if you don't love, it means that you don't know God. And so Jesus sees these people doing what they're doing, saying what they're saying, casting lots for his clothing, mocking him, spitting on him. They won't even just let him die in peace after they beat him beyond recognition. Shreds of his skin just hanging off. He's bleeding everywhere. He's been nailed to a cross. They won't even leave him alone. They're still mocking him. And he is preaching up there. And then he says, forgive them, God. They don't know. And his heart can actually break for people instead of because of them. Because how many of you know, you put the average Christian, and this isn't a dig, this should be a challenge to us to do better. You put the average Christian on that cross, and what are you going to hear coming out of their mouth? Are you kidding me? I've done nothing but good. I've done everything right. I was perfect. I healed all the sick. I raised the dead. Come on. 
You're, you're crucifying me over some allegation that I'm going to start an insurrection over Rome. I have no desire for that. Like my king, you know, and we would begin to justify ourselves because Jesus experienced the most unjust death in the history of humanity. And he said, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. But you put the average Christian up there and they're going to get a piece of your mind. It's because we failed to become love. And as soon as we complain and dispute and grumble, we reveal that it's all about us. If you're up on that cross and you're justifying yourself and you're complaining and you're pointing the finger and you're cursing and you're doing all these other things, you're revealing right away that it's all about you and you're looking inward and you're failing to see. Listen, let me ask you a question. If you're a Christian filled with the Spirit of God and you get crucified for your belief, who's the one with the problem? Are you a Christian? Are you going to go to heaven when you die and be with God forever? What about the people that are murdering you? Do you think that they're Christians? Do you think that they know God and have him living inside of them? Do you think that they're going to go to heaven when they die or are they going to go to hell? So where do we get off allowing people to push our buttons to the point that we completely lose sight of their eternal status and destiny and we focus on ourselves and our temporal experience on the earth, which is, I'm in pain, you wronged me, this isn't going the way it should. God, do you think you could watch my back a little bit? How is this happening? You guys will see one day. What, how is that a, uh, coming out of a Christian's mouth? I'm just being honest. There, there's no love there. That's self. Jesus said, you want to come after me first, deny yourself. Why? Because self was the first sign of sin in the garden. Did you eat from the tree? Yes or no question. Adam says it was the woman you gave me. Blame shifting, preserving himself, protecting himself, trying to save face in front of God at the cost of another. And we would hang on a cross and justify everything we said. And most of the world would gather around and say, yeah, how could they do that? You're right. You're absolutely right. I, I would be in the same position if I was you. And the Bible says when we compare ourselves among ourselves, we're unwise. Guys, do you believe that there's a place to walk as Jesus walked? The Bible says if any man is in Christ, he ought to walk as he walked. The Bible says that we have the mind of Christ. If any man is in Christ, he is a new creation. Now, we have the mind of Christ, and we're working out our salvation, and we're taking thoughts captive, and we're, we're in this constant battle of suppressing our flesh so that our spirit man can live, so that we don't fulfill those fleshly desires. We have to become love. And I'm telling you, you have to spend time with Jesus Christ by yourself. I've shared this before, but I experienced a fraction of, of this when someone tried to murder me in 2020 when I was a police officer. Someone tried to kill me while I was a cop, and I remember some of my coworkers, excuse me, who were just sticking up for me, and they were like, to hell with that guy. And I'm like, no way, man. Forgive that guy. Who's the one with the problem? Is it me and, oh my gosh, someone wants to kill me, I'm a cop, and how could you, and I'm just here to protect, and 
all of a sudden I'm justifying all of these reasons of why I'm a great person and not worthy of being killed at the cost of that person? Or is it, dude, I'm a Christian. I'm fine. The worst that happens is I'm going to die and I'm going to go be with the Lord. But that man is in trouble. What is the condition of his heart if he's trying to kill a cop? There's no way he's born again. He's obviously living totally out of his flesh. He's demonized. I mean, he's in he's in trouble. Forgive that guy. God, show him your love. Please encounter him. Not even so that he doesn't do this to someone else. So that his soul can be saved. But I'm telling you that if I hadn't spent time with the Lord in the prayer closet, if I didn't have a relationship with Jesus, if I wasn't dying to myself and allowing him to work in my life, it would have been too late when I got hit by that car to be flying through the air and say, okay, what was that thing about being love? Dude, whatever's inside of you is coming out when life squeezes you. And I want to ask you to examine yourself. When you get squeezed by life, what's coming out of you? Too often Christians get squeezed by life and by the devil and by circumstances and trials and fires and everything but Christ comes out. And we've even got people in the church who say, oh my gosh, I can't believe you're going through that. Hey, I totally understand. If I was in that situation, I don't know what I would do. Instead of having people call you higher and say, hey, man, I totally understand what you're going through. Like, this is insane. But let me call you higher. Listen. Come on, this isn't the time to consider self. This isn't the time to have a pity party. This isn't the time to become a victim. You are an overcomer. You're more than a conqueror in Christ. And begin to call people into a higher destiny, into what the Word says they are. It is high time for us to stop catering to the emotions and experiences of man above the Word of God. The Bible says that God has exalted this Word above His own name. And the Bible says in Philippians 2 that every knee... In heaven, on earth, and under the earth is going to bow at the name of Jesus. And so if everyone in creation is going to bow at the name of Jesus, and this word is above his name, then this word is pretty powerful. And I better not exalt my experience over this word. We need to become love. I hope this is speaking to you. I hope this is helping you. There's a place. Guys, we're only we're we're in trouble. We're only in the beginning here. <laughs> Love suffers long. We got three words in and, and I just went on a ten minute rampage here about becoming love. But this is it. This is what it life is about. It's about becoming love. It's not about biting my lip and turning the other cheek because of some religious obligation, because that's what the Bible says. I turn the other cheek because I totally realize. My life is not my own. I didn't wake up to have a good day. I didn't wake up to not get hit in the face today. I'm not saying if someone's punching you in the face, just turn over and let them punch the other side. It is not a practical uh, lesson that Jesus taught. He's not talking about if someone punches you in your face, go ahead and turn and let them punch you on the other side. What he's saying is don't return a wrong with a wrong. Your, your life is submitted. You didn't wake up to have a great day and not get hit in the face. But if you do, you understand, man, I'm not alive for myself. I'm alive for someone else. My life is not my own. And I'm going to be long-suffering. Is this making sense? Love is kind. Love does not envy. Love does not parade itself. It is not puffed up. How can you not envy? 
Well, the reason that you would envy is because you would believe that you need something else. Or you would allow that fleshly desire, the want, to rise up to such a degree that you believe it's actually a need. And you could justify getting it, no matter what it is. Can I tell you that any want or need in your life can be met in the presence of God? Have you ever heard this verse before? The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. There's another translation that says, The Lord is my shepherd, I don't need a thing. Have you ever just gone in your prayer closet and just prayed that over yourself? I'm telling you, you do that every day for six weeks and you're going to have a revelation that you've never had before. Guys, this is the thing about becoming love. It takes time. Like, we want to spend so much time reading books about becoming love and, and, and reading books from the bookstore about how to be the right this and how to do that and love language and love tank and all these other things and the Enneagram and it but we don't just sit in the prayer closet with the Lord and affirm ourselves in who he is as a perfect father, as love, and ask him to transform us to become love. Some of you are out there looking for a spouse and you're not spending any time becoming a spouse. Listen, when you put the wedding ring on, you don't just get zapped with magical marriage powers. You're the same exact person as you were right before the ceremony. So you better be husband or wife material before you get married. We got to put the time in with the Lord. Just let him mold you and shape you and potter you. He's the master potter and you're the clay. And it looks like walking into the prayer closet and saying, Lord, you are my shepherd. You're my shepherd. And I don't need a thing. Thank you, God, that you've provided everything I need. I trust in you, God. And I'm asking you to make me more like you. Make me look like Jesus. God, I thank you. I didn't wake up today for any reason other than to look like you and to shine for you. God, I thank you. I don't need one person to say a nice thing about me today. You've already spoken about me when you sent your son. Father, I thank you if I go out this door. It doesn't matter if someone says horrible things to me. It doesn't change my value or my worth. God, it actually reveals that they have something going on on the inside. And I pray that you would help me to keep my eyes fixed on you so that I can see people the way that you see them. Father, may I never consider myself. May I never seek my own. Because your word says that love doesn't seek its own. Love does not envy. Lord, help me to not seek my own. Never give me a cause to justify complaining or disputing or looking inward. Lord, I ask you to remove all my buttons so that there's no buttons for anyone to push. Father, I want to be like Jesus who hung there and said, forgive them, they don't know what they're doing. Help me to see a world that is not doing something to me, but that is acting out because the devil is doing something to them. Give me a heart for others to see that they're oppressed and I'm not the one being oppressed. Guys, you start to pray like that every day, I'm telling you, your mind is going to shift. All of a sudden, you're going through life, you're communing with Jesus, everything is awesome. Your circumstances might not be awesome, they might be trash. 
You might be going through the hardest season of your life, but you're just one with God, and it, there's just a peace there that doesn't make sense. And all of a sudden, someone starts lashing out at you, and instead of taking offense, and you don't know what I'm going through, and how could you say that? If you only knew who I was, you wouldn't be talking like that. Instead of doing something like that, you're going to go, oh my gosh. Hey, what's going on inside of your heart that's making you talk like this? What's going on in your world that's got you just spun up and just coming at me the way you're coming at me? Hey, I'm not offended at all. Listen, no, I'm not trying to be holier than thou. Something's not right in your heart. What is it? Have you even considered looking at someone and saying something like that? Maybe you got a family member that just goes off on you. And instead of picking up arrows and getting ready to throw back when it's your turn to talk, you see, oh my gosh, there's some type of oppression here. Now, that's when you use discernment and wisdom. You know, if you have a bad relationship with your family, it's probably not the time to be like, hey, what's going on inside of your broken heart? Because obviously there's something wrong if you're lashing out at me. Sometimes you don't just come out and say it. That's not wisdom all the time, actually. Sometimes you do, but sometimes you don't. You might come off as holier than thou, but listen, you have a knowledge, you have a wisdom, you have a discernment that you didn't have before because you've always been looking through the lens of self, and now you're going, wait a minute, they always freak out every time I talk to them. I wonder if something's happening on the inside of their heart. And then you take that to the secret place and you begin to pray. Father, thank you. Open the eyes of my family member, God. God, reveal your love to them. I pray that you would use my life to show them your love. God, help me to not become offended Help me to have no cause for justification of complaining or bitterness or disputing. Lord, I want to love, and I know that I can break through my family members by showing your love, not just being someone who talks, but who shows the love of Jesus Christ. And Father, I bind my family member to the cross right now. I bind their mind to the cross. I bind their heart to the cross. I bind their will to the cross of Jesus Christ. Guys, you begin to pray like this and intercede, and all of a sudden you're not getting offended by someone anything that happens to you you're taken to the prayer closet and you're just giving it to God you can't be bitter you can't be offended you can't be hard-hearted towards someone that you're praying for all the time we need to get this thing is this helping guys I'm gonna I'm gonna wrap this up right here as episode one of becoming love I'm telling you this is going to be a life-changing series right here. I just believe it. I believe there's chains, there's scales that are falling off. There's a heavy weight that's being lifted off right now because of truth. Truth comes in. The Bible says where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. Well, the Spirit of the Lord, what is that? The, the Holy Spirit has been called the Spirit of Christ, and He comes to reveal truth. He leads us into all truth. And so where the Spirit of the Lord is, where there is truth, there is liberty, there is freedom, and as truth comes into your heart, the lies, the strongholds, the heavy yoke, the bondages just begin to break off, and it's like you have a, a breath of fresh air. It's like you can see clearly, and you're like, oh my gosh, man, I've been living so selfishly. I've been living so pridefully. I've been looking through the lens of self. I've been taking everything personally. Now I understand how to become love. So step one for you as we wrap up this episode and I'll do episode two tomorrow. Get in the prayer closet and begin to speak life over yourself. Father, thanks for loving me. I didn't wake up to have a great day. I didn't wake up to have perfect health. I didn't wake up to have the best bank account. I woke up to shine for you. 
God, I die to the opinions of man. I die to expectations. God, I just thank you that I am enough because you say I'm enough because I've been born again and you've put your spirit inside of me. There's no work I could do to earn it. God, I love you and you love me. And I thank you that you want to use me. And you just begin to pray. You just begin to pray. You just begin to speak truth. You begin to let the word of God that's inside of you come out. You begin to let your spirit speak through you. And guys, if you don't have a lot of word in you to come out, you need to be reading the Bible. Get into the epistles. I'm telling you, get into Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians. Get into the Corinthians. Get into the first and second Peters. Get into these books and get truth in your heart. Amen. Amen. Guys, listen, if this episode spoke to you, please share it. Share it, share it, share it. Help us get the word out there, especially leading up to Valentine's Day. Let's not have people walking around being selfish, prideful, and looking for love. Let's have people becoming love in Jesus' name.